We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's podcast, if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and a rating. It goes a long way into climbing up the ranks on the podcast ranks. If you are listening to the podcast, tag us. I want to start doing this to spread the word more. Tag us at Veterans Minimum on social media. I'll repost everybody. Tag myself at The Lamb Show. Show love to you listening to the podcast. That also helps spread awareness. And last but not least, you can watch the show on YouTube. Got the full episode with my guy Hussein from Culture Conversations. My guy pulled up. He's from Toronto. You guys know how old Dirt McGirt feels about Toronto. One of my favorite cities that I've ever been to. But we have a really cool conversation, man. He played AAU out there, and he has a really cool story. Just got into podcasting, and he's building his own brand over at Culture Conversations is the name of his show. And I really enjoyed this, man. It was a very educational conversation, I would say, because we talk about being black in the content creating space, some of the issues and problems that he has faced as an entrepreneur in the content creating game. So this was a really cool conversation. Shout out to my guy Hussein once again for pulling up. It's at TwinGQ on Instagram is where you can find him. And if you're a member of the Patreon, you could hear the six pack as well. Those six packs, I'm getting some rave reviews about them. Every single guest has done a six pack and they're more and more becoming just bonus podcasts, like 30 plus minutes long. So check those out as well and let me know what you guys think. So we'll catch you later this week with some more NBA and NFL stuff. But for now, enjoy the podcast and chill with my guy Hussein from Toronto. Respect in my city. I'm working off of respect. Yeah. You think you got it? I got it for real. 
forgetting my city. This one for those they forget. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. Mess people up in that game still. But yeah, wrestler, wrestling, that shit is dope, man, you know? I think you could tell who my favorite is, right? Yeah. Come on, man. Austin, Austin's definitely, he's up there too, bro. Just, like I said, like, not giving a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my bad. Nah, nah. <laughs> let it rip, bro. I got yeah. the E on the on the pod. I mean, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna let this rock and start recording. Hussein yeah. is in the building. Finally, man. We finally got to connect. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me, man. Um, You know, like I said, it's it's great to see similar people doing great things, you know, through the, the wide stream of media. So, um, kudos to you, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here, bro. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to connect. Shouts to Nick also for, uh, for not being in the building because that fucking kid, I can't get him to show for anything unless it's to hoop or to play Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Nick though, man. You know, uh, you know, backstory, I kind of met Nick, um, 2014. I was actually attending school at uh, St. Francis College in Brooklyn. I went down to Nike town in Midtown and, I was trying to get like a jersey or something. I think it was like a soccer jersey, and like we just, I just seen Nick. We just started like just talking about like sports and shit, you know. And you know he, he actually you know extended the gratitude. And he he got me that jersey on discount, and I I didn't even know him. So mm-hmm. when he did that, like just kind of going out his way, I'm like, all right, this this dude is he's for real. Like you know, he's solid. Just, yeah, that's like kind of just a genuine uh, move. You know what I'm saying? And from that day on, we just kind of kept in touch you know what i'm saying and yeah man it's 2021 and like i said we're here right yeah i grew up with nick nick's been on the pod too dunbar um because yeah. it's weird a lot of my like my group of friends we got like three nicks oh wow so it's it's him it's me and then my buddy uh nick devito who used to be on the show too we call him boss okay. so we got dunbar boss and mm. then everyone calls me lamb because i'm greek okay so like for greek easter we eat the lamb and yeah. shit so man i I mess with Greeks, bro. Yeah, yeah. Bro. But dude, uh, tell people a little bit where you're from, man, because I love your hometown, bro. I've been to, I've been there so many times. That's crazy. I don't want to spoil it, but tell yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from uh, Scarborough, Ontario, which is um, east of Toronto's downtown core. Um, just like any other kid, uh, kind of grew up in, you know, the inner city, uh, played basketball growing up. So. I had an opportunity to kind of travel through different communities, but I did attend high school in Scarborough, and, you know, I kind of played on, like, the, the ranks throughout different teams in Toronto. But, yeah, so Scarborough East Side is, you know, the the home of the weekend, um, you know, and other great talents in, in, in the industry, especially, you know, guys in the NBA now, like Nikhil Alexander Walker's from Scarborough as well, uh, Xavier with Thad Mays and some other guys that really did uh, good stuff in the sports world. So, yeah, man. Big fan of the weekend, by the way. That's why I was pretty happy when you mentioned him. Yes, sir. Uh, I did. I didn't used to like him, and then I went to a concert of his. I went to Beauty Fire. Behind the Madness. Yo, yeah. it was weird. So one of my friends, Cindy, she works for his label, EXO. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's and um, we met her when we went to. We were friends like on Instagram and Twitter, you know. And then yeah. we we met up with her when we went to OVO Fest. The year Drake and Meek were beefing. Oh, wow. That was 2016. 2016. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy he was out there. Yeah. yeah. Year too. Man. Like, I and I always liked Drake, but when I went there, and I remember going through TSA, and the girl was like, what are you here for? I was like, oh, I'm here for some concert. She's like, you're here for OVO, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, Drake runs the town. Yeah, like, bro. like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah, man. And then, um, so Cindy hits me up, and she's like, hey, I'm going to be in New York for a couple of days, because he was doing MSG, MSG, and then Barclays. Yeah. She's like, would you want tickets? I was like, 
I was with one of my friends. I was like, I don't really fuck with the weekend like that. I'm not trying to go to that shit. That shit is whack, right? Yeah. Not knowing. You know, yeah, I know a couple songs. Nah, for sure. She's I like, yo, it'll be a great time. You know, I'm going to copy tickets. She's like, just come. What are you doing anyway? It was like a Monday night. Mm-hmm. So I hit up three of my boys and they're like, fuck it, yo, let's go. Like, yeah. we're going to get comped and whatnot. You know, more, to be honest with you, we were like thotting it up. We were trying to just like take advantage of like the free hookup. Nah, for sure. Yeah, we went over there. I've been a fan since. Yeah. I have three of his albums on vinyl. Travis Scott actually opened up for him. Yep. Travis is another so great that, performer. Yeah. So yeah. that was a zoo. And then when The weekend came out, it was just like, I mean, it was like 75% chicks too. So yeah. like three of us being single, like, oh, yo, this is like heaven yeah. over here. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, yo, he sure. put on a crazy ass show, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's crazy because like a lot of the things that you see in the music world, especially in, in, in Toronto... Man, he spearheaded it, man. You know, I think um, just like a lot of like artists, I don't think he gets a lot of the credit that he deserves just because, you know, in in a time when he's kind of ascending to being the like the leading kind of like voice or like, artist, you got somebody else that's just as talented. And from your same, the you get same what I'm town, saying? yeah. So it, it, well, it, I was gonna say because it was it was weird. it seems like there was such a such a rush of Toronto folks this mm. last decade, and if you go back to you know Justin Bieber, yep. The Weeknd and Drake, dude. You can make a strong case that those are three of. They're like in the Mount Rushmore for our generation, yeah, right? For sure. we're, we're roughly the same age. You're, you're Nick's age, and um, you know, how old are you? Twenty eight, uh, right? 20, you said, yeah, yeah twenty eight. Yeah. I'm thirty, so like our generation is the same. Because I like to compare generations. Like, were we ever at high school together, mm. right? So it's like at, at any point were we in high school at the same time. So I like to do like a four year gap. Yeah. And you're right, man. It's easy for you to be underlooked. Dude, you see it with athletes all the yep. time, right? Like, people people forget how good Charles Barkley really was. Man, because he now against, he's a talking mouth yeah, on and TV. he played against Jordan. So. He went up against Jordan, yeah. Malone, tail end of Bird and yeah. Magic. So it's like it's easy for you to get lost in the shuffle. Look at how many guys in the NBA now are never going to win championships because they ran into those Warriors mm-hmm. or with, with LeBron. What is it about Toronto that that happened? Like, where'd that come from? Damn, did did you see it coming? Not to be honest, like, and it's crazy because um, kind of growing up, you know, just like any urban city kid, uh, you kind of stay within your respective communities. But the one thing that I did is, you know, I used to kind of travel around to play against different talent in the city. So I feel like when I was in, like, my junior year in high school, I used to take the train into the city and play against, like, the top guys and in different communities in Toronto and I was kind of exposed to kind of different things like you know different restaurants and different music and stuff but you know I always used to go to there was like one summer league in um, the community and you know this is when like Drake wasn't really rapping he used to come and watch because he loves basketball and his, his boys would be playing like OVO had like a like a team in the UFT uh, summer league so that was like the hot spot. I wasn't really um, old enough to play at the time. You know, I didn't really have the the link. So I used to watch as well. So you kind of see, you know, the, the squad in passing, you know, not really knowing. And it's crazy because Drake had to go across the border to kind of, you know, get his notoriety. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, people started really getting behind him. So, I mean, it, it's hard, man, because I feel like in a lot of things, man, you know, they don't really embrace you until you really you're on, you know. So, like. Kind of seeing that and then seeing the weekend, you know, kind of have that like mass eclipse to star presence as well, man. It was it was good energy for the city, you know, and I feel like through their, you know, ascendance to being great, you know, artists, we have things that, you know, the OVO tournament and OVO Fest and all these things that kind of created a mass culture in Toronto, 
you know, and then the Raptors winning, mm. you know, I think that's a byproduct of the influences of, of urban culture and moving parts. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see. I feel like now I kind of, you know, appreciate it more when I like travel a lot because I didn't really get to take it in. But like when I started traveling a lot and when I was like spending summers away from like Toronto, that's when I'm like, damn, like, it's always, you know? it's always hard to rep when you're in your city. And yeah. then when you go out, I've noticed that when I, when I'll go to Vegas, Miami, even Cancun, when I went to Toronto also, I'm like, yo, yeah. I'm from the city, you know? And like, there's only one city, yeah. right? New York City. And then it always hits different. Mm. I really noticed that. And even with, um, I love that you mentioned like the Raptors and even, you know, the, the hockey team too, like the Maple Leafs are probably the team in in toronto i would say and you know you even had you even had those blue jays teams for a couple of years man making noise making playoff appearances uh uh, jose batista with that home run you know it was on the cover of a drake song right like back yeah yeah but what um what was the city like man i haven't really had a chance to ask someone from toronto what was the city like when the raptors won the championship shit man um man it was just you know different i haven't really experienced that energy before in my life you know so it was kind of good to kind of see not only the city kind of come together, but like, you know, we we look at like the the Chicago Bulls parade and fucking the Last Dance and all this stuff, and you know, we we don't really get to experience that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was still unreal, right? It's like I actually was watching the game like downtown, like five minutes away from where the Raptors Arena is. So as soon as like we won, within five minutes, you Zoom. know, man, probably like ten thousand people outside, you know. So it's like. It's kind of wild to see that, you know, and to see everybody like really repping the city. And you know, we you you talk about hockey fans really being diehard fans, but you could never tell the difference mm-hmm. between that, um, you know, experience there with the parade and you know these hockey fans at the ACC seeing the least play. So it was definitely a once in a lifetime, you know, feeling. And you know, like I said, hopefully we can experience that again. But you know, we'll see. You know, it's dope. And what really made me gravitate to the Raptors was that you guys only have the Raptors in Toronto from a basketball standpoint. Absolutely. And if you just look at the landscape of the professional teams in Toronto, Mm. you only have three. And then like Toronto FC, the soccer team, which has had some success as well. I'm a big soccer fan also. But but the MLS is like it's not even 30 years old yet. It's still Mm -hmm. such a young and new team. Uh, new league, I should say, and even Toronto. Like Toronto wasn't there 15 years ago. Like that's a new team that's been yeah. up there. And what was fascinating about what happened with Toronto was, dude, in New York you have two basketball teams, mm-hmm. you got two football teams, you got two hockey teams, two baseball teams. Mm-hmm. So I think the one team that the whole city gets behind the most are the Knicks. That's why when the Knicks win like three or four games, it's like, yo, we're fucking building statues. Like, yeah. it's so it's such a passionate city. Mm-hmm. And what I really loved about Toronto, first of all, I fell in love with the city. Yeah. I was calling it a cleaner New York. Yeah, for sure. yo, y'all are mad say. clean, bro. Yeah. Like the streets are like spotless. Yeah, everybody it's, be saying that. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. And then when people would go and visit Toronto from New York, and they knew that I, I've, I've been there three times, mm. and when they asked me about Toronto, I'm like. Yo, it's basically New York City, but a lot cleaner. Mm. They're like, what? They don't get it. And then when they would come back, they're like, yo, it's like that. Like, the community is so, like, caring. Yeah, for sure. So the one thing that I really liked about the Raptors is in that fan base was that y'all were all just rooting for for the Raptors. Mm. City pride thing? Yeah, and I think because, like, what it was connected to, like, Kawhi Leonard being a big part of it. Mm -hmm. 
Drake being like the ambassador, you know, like Masai Ujiri. Yeah, like and, our, and our also, mayor. also years of like knocking on the door, yep. man. You guys were there were years. Yep. You guys are the one seed, two yeah. seed, fifty plus wins. Yep. And then you guys run into LeBron like all the time, all the time. Yeah. And then when he finally leaves, you're like, "Yo, let's yeah, go!" You know, that's not, and that that was big because, yeah. like I said, we. I had the the luxury, you know, every playoff of experiencing the playoffs, you know, and, you know, one year I actually went to every home game in the playoffs. So I've seen, you know, Kyle Lowry kind of bring us to that mountaintop and then getting kicked out. Um, I actually had opportunity in the 2019 finals. I went to game five when KD really messed Ooh, up. He got yeah, hurt. so it was crazy because Damn. when I think the last – Two minutes of the game, we we're up four, mm-hmm. and I seen them bringing like the trophy and everything on the on the on the floor. So I'm like, "Yo, this is about to be it. We're about to win a championship." Clay three pointer, Steph yeah. pump fake, fly by three, game over. We got to go win it in six. But like to experience that and to to kind of have that story to tell for a lot of people is like, "Yo, I actually went to a finals game in my home city to watch the Raptors like that." That that's something that I'll, you know, never forget. I'll take to the grave. Man, what's dope was that, you know, the Six won the championship in six. Yeah. Like, that was so symbolic of that yeah. happening. Do you feel like people shit on Toronto for winning that championship because of the uh, injuries? Um, To be honest, yeah, man. You know, I think just, you know, the, like I said, I talk about, you know, people always throwing stones, right? So yeah. it's always like, oh, they, they won but this, like with, with Kawhi or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day in the history books, it says 2019 NBA yeah. champs, Toronto Raptors. So... I mean, I feel like you got to respect it regardless. You know, you can't take away the Knicks winning their championships like over 60 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't need to go there. <laughs> I, know, I know how long it's been. Yeah. No, but you're right, man. And yeah. I, I think just in every every year, every year, any look, I'm a Giants fan. I've seen them win two Super Bowls that, to be honest with you, they ain't deserve to be there yep. for both of them, right? And yep. in, in one of the games, they played lights out. And that, I think, is why the biggest appeal is to football and to the NCAA tournament. The sense of urgency, mm. right? It's one game. You gotta be on your P's yeah, and Q's. You gotta, you gotta bring your A game. Yep. Where you know it's hard to beat LeBron and AD in a seven game series. You gotta beat them four out of seven times. Like yeah. those guys are gonna figure it out eventually. For the sure. talent is gonna take. Whereas you know, imagine, bro, how different NBA history would be if it was a three game series every mm-hmm. time, Even, right? A team steals, yeah, steals. Yeah, I'm not gonna say one game, but yeah. like a three game series, you steal game one. Now you gotta win two in a row. Yeah, the whole landscape of NBA history would be different. So I'm not, because that's not fair. Like to say that to, to Toronto, it's not. You guys didn't make them get hurt. Like yeah. that's just shit luck for them. Yeah, and it's, you know, like on both sides, man, it's 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 unfortunate. You know, I actually have a great amount of respect for KD's like approach to the game. So actually witnessing him go down and, you know, Drake and KD are very good friends as well. So it was it was harsh because, you know, our, our fans were really saying some some hurtful things when he got injured, man. And it's like as a as a competitor, as a as an athlete, you gotta be graceful and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously showing respect regardless you know what i mean so it was tough man and you know i i always like say if katie wasn't hurt it definitely would have been a different series clay same thing you know but at the end of the day you know the man above had those plans and you know that's kind of the cards that were dealt you know the toronto fans were getting some heat i remember with the the guys clapping when katie got hurt but dude i'll be honest with you bro and this is gonna sound terrible but fan is short for fanatic 
Facts. So spur of the moment, you're not thinking this That's guy just saying. ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. You're like, yo, they lost KD. Let's fucking go. We're going to yeah, win the championship. Sure. The same shit happened. I was defending a little bit. There was a preseason game a couple years ago. I'm a big Andrew Luck fan, mm-hmm. right? He was a quarterback for the Colts. And he just, a, a, a report came out during one of the preseason games like, yo, I'm going to retire. You know, mental health issues and whatnot. Like, I'm going to step away. And when the dude was leaving the preseason game, mm. the fans in Indianapolis were booing him. Wow. I wouldn't have booed just knowing how I am. For sure. But I feel them. Mm. Like, yo, you had championships. I, I, dude, I actually picked them to win the Super Bowl that year. Wow. Because they were building this team in this core, and they finally got an offensive line to protect them, and they kind of really put a team around them. And then he walked away from the game two weeks before the season started. And... Everything on social media was positive, like mental health, step away, whatnot. And there was one guy, one pundit on some network that was like, yo, kind of a dick move to leave your team high and dry right before your season starts. And that guy got murdered on social media, bro. Mm -hmm. They violated him. Yeah. So it's such a slippery slope when you come into mental health and whatnot. And, And look, that's something that I've suffered with as well. But what I was trying to get at and why I'm painting this story is... I know it was kind of a jerk move from the Raptors fans, but I feel it, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I, like I said, being in the moment, sometimes you don't think from a clear space. So you got to always, you know, understand your, your environment and where you are at that time and place. You know, and as for the, you know, the mental health st- stuff as well, you look at uh, what Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. uh, is doing right now in the NBA. And I think it's a byproduct of uh, being in his own space. You know, he was going through a lot of uh, mental pressures earlier on in, in his career, but a lot of people, you know, don't really understand because Kyrie's more of a mystique. You know, you don't mm. really know who he is. You just it's kind have, of an enigma. He's yeah, hard to figure out. It's like you kind of have these uh, personal perceptions of who he really is, you know? So it's, it's good to see now, like, him playing at this level. Yeah. But I think having to take those steps away and stepping back and having personal time for himself to heal, that's the best medicine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It's when you're given the keys to the kingdom for something, it's inevitable that you're gonna face some pressures like that. Yeah. And stresses. Absolutely. You're uh, a young kid, you're nineteen years old. Yeah, I say this all the time. The one thing that I hate that we do as a society in the sports world is we shit on kids that are nineteen years old because they're a lottery pick and they're not they're not LeBron right away or they're not K D. It's like, yo, bro, he's nineteen. Uh-huh. He's eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah. Right? Like, shit, I'll give you until 21. Yeah. Right? Like, show me some flashes, but Absolutely. like, yo, be patient. We're not patient anymore. Mm-hmm. We need guys to come in right away, and they got to give us 30 a game. And it's like, yo, look at the history of the league. The guys that come in and drop 25 a game at 18, 19 years old, you're talking about dudes that are all-time greats. There's exceptions to the rules, but just look at, you know, look at Kawhi's first couple of years. Yeah. It wasn't until like Even. the 20... 20- 13 season yeah. where it's like, yo, Kawhi is a problem defensively. He was yeah. a defensive guy. That's why he was playing a lot. Yeah. And then 2014, he blossoms into like an offensive player. And then, you know, it was arguments about him being the best player in the league, two-way player and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about that, man? How, how so, like, and a lot of it is social media. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's really changed the entire course of the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if now everyone has an opinion. Everyone feels as if, yo, Hussein doesn't like this thing. Oh, I don't like this thing either. Click, I'm going to follow Hussein because we're on the same page. Yeah. So everyone feels as if they're a part of a, 
a group, a gang, sort of speak. Absolutely. And then there's a pile-on culture, too. Do you see that happening in the sports world? Yeah, well, I feel like um, social media in general is like a place of like manipulation and influence, you know, and 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 every facet, right? You look at uh, it from a fashion sense, and a lot of females, right? They they see a lot of material um, success or pictures or couple goals, and and that's what they strive for in their everyday life, you know. And I don't, I'm not saying you can't look at a picture and get motivated, but don't make that your life. The be all end all. You get what I'm saying? Because everybody's yeah. uh, journeys are different. You know, your chapter 30 might be different than my chapter 28. You get what I'm saying? Like your process is different. So I feel like uh, social media really does uh, manipulate and rush a lot of people out of their processes. You know what I'm saying? So in sports in general, you know, um, especially now that uh, sports media is like a lucrative business, you know, it does really um, open, you know, a lane for a lot of people to kind of you know, chime in and, and, and rush and put pressures on kids. And, you know, uh, it's crazy to say, but the NBA is a billion-dollar corporation. So, you know, organizations put pressure on the kids as well. And, you know, the fans are able to go on Google and see how much R.J. Barrett is making and say, like, yo, he's making this much money. He needs to produce like a max player because you look at the market value. You know what I mean? Siakam, I'll use him as an example. I think it's like $158 million. He signed that uh, that mm -hmm. extension, if I'm not mistaken. And um, everybody's like, yo, he has to be a star, knowing that he was never, ever set to be a star. You get what I'm saying? He was in the D-League. He paid his due. Opportunity came. He prepared. He arrived at the moment. That doesn't mean he's a star, though. I, I, I make this analogy all the time. Some people are great Robins. Mm -hmm. They can't be Batman. Absolutely. And you know what? There's not a problem with that. Yeah. You got to start your role, especially in the NBA, man. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, start their role and get major success. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, Tristan Thompson playing a vital role for the Cavaliers team mm -hmm. in the 2016 finals and even in the season and him being able to, you know, carve his niche of being, you know, one of the best rebounding big mans in the NBA. So it's like you got to start your role. And if you do that, um, you know, you kind of separate yourself from everybody else in, in, in your role or your position. Bro, I want to talk a little bit about your show, man. Yeah. We were talking before sort of like breaking the ice because this is the first time we met. But we've like DM'd each other and I'm, I, I like your work. I like how it looks. Where, where do you film? Where do you record your stuff? Man, so um, Culture Conversation is the title of our podcast. And Love the name, by the way. Thank you. Was it hard to come up with a name? No, nah, actually, it was pretty organic. You know, nice. I feel like, um, you know, being in my space now, uh, I, I really go off of, you know, instinct mm. and, and how it feels. You know what I mean? And sometimes you really need time to kind of meditate and like, okay, I have ideas. But, I mean, I came up with the name before we even kind of got into production, you know. Mm. And it started through you know covid um tomorrow's actually going to be the one year anniversary so that's kind of good to see it through but um i just had an idea during covid of like just kind of talking about like sport business topics and i was actually doing a lot of research and i'm like yo i was hitting up like you know my boys some of my ogs that i kind of came up with and i'm like yo let, let's chop it up for an hour they're like all right bet so we really just you know started you know every week i was doing like a thursday at 7 a.m i mean 7 p.m for one hour and Everybody was like, yo, like, you, you're talking about some real stuff, man. Like, yo, keep it up. Keep it up. You know, and I was just like, I wasn't really thinking too far of it. I'm just like, yo, I'm going to just keep rocking with it. And uh, at the end of season one, I'm just like, yo, like, I was watching all these podcasts. I'm like, man, 
let me start looking at some studios. Mm-hmm. So, you know, season two kind of came through. And like like I told you, you kind of sometimes have to take a risk, you know, and taking a risk, understanding that if you invest something in, into something, you might not get that ROI at the time that you expect it. So I, I understood that it was a risk that I had to take. And, you know, I had to kind of get people on board and staff, you know, and people that believed in the vision. You know, and I think that was one of the biggest um, challenges is understanding that my vision is is my vision and not everybody is going to be into your vision as much as you are. You know, and I'm a very uh, passionate uh, visionary. So I have a lot of great ideas that, you know, I'm willing to die for. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people that don't have that same drive, you know, sometimes it comes off the wrong way. It's like, yo, like you're not really kind of getting down, you know, but understanding that everybody doesn't really have to understand what your vision is, you know, so we started, um, you know, getting in the studio and, you know, I feel like that really enhanced, um, you know, the overall experience for our, our consumers and our audiences. Everybody loved it. it was like so intimate, you know what I'm saying? And like the one thing that I was highlighting is, you know, we can bring people in the same industry in and talk about what is, you know, stopping us from pushing it forward. You know, let's say if you you're a digital creator, content creator, and mm. I am too. We'll collaborate and talk about like why why do you think this this can't be like normalized? And like that's the stuff that people were like like getting in tune to, like the authentic conversations. You know, we talk about authentic conversations kind of bridges that gap between uh storytelling and creating narratives, especially for minorities, you know, because I feel like a lot of people will always kinda write their narratives for you. This guy is like this. You know, and I, I'm coming from an athletic background. I've played basketball at a high level. So when I got into media, everybody's like, oh, why is he doing this? Like, not understanding that you can reinvent yourself. You can be well-versed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can be a, a music artist and then be a fashion. It's okay. It's 2021. It's accepted. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, look, my my audience listening to you hear that, is probably wondering if I gave you a script to read off because that's exactly how I feel too. Mm. Like how you were describing about your vision, how what I've noticed is I have a very strong, there's the door policy. I don't ask anybody to be down with me, bro, when it comes to this stuff Mm. because they can't match my energy and hustle with it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I've realized that as I've gotten older, like, not everybody is on the same page with you when it comes to something, and that's fine. Don't let that ruin the relationship. Understand that that person might want to just do this as a hobby. You really want to do this as a career. For them, it's kind of just, ah, we'll show up and record, but for you, it's like all you think about. For sure. And also, I love what you said about the ROI thing, because I never do things with the idea of getting a return on it right away. I'm just like, I had a friend of mine, she DM'd me, childhood friend, loved the girl to death, we grew up together, and I'm an only child, so she's like a sister, yeah. you know what I mean? <clears throat> she DM's me, and I put like a funny video of me uh, doing jujitsu, and she's like, yo, I've noticed something with you. I'm like, what's up? She's like, you don't really do much. I was like, I'm offended. She's like, no, 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 I don't mean it like that. She's like, yeah. you really only do like five or six things but you do that shit all the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, everything that I do, I do because I want to do it. Yeah. 
was like, yo, it's very important. Like, if you see me somewhere, it's because I want to be there. If you see me doing something, it's because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'll never do something I don't want to do. And I think that's very important. No, for sure. And I feel like understanding that, you know, having that self-awareness is big, bro. Like, and I feel like when you start growing, like, personally, and, you know, obviously everybody can't go to, like, you know, new places, uh, new elevations. So it's, like, it's hard, right, because you outgrow a lot of your friends that you were Mm -hmm. cool with from before. And for me, I've I've had to, you know, understand that if you want to get to that place that you dream about, you know, people are going to understand if you're your friends that you can't be messing $500 up at the club because you got to invest in your business. You know what I mean? You got to. Also, I've noticed that it's not even the money that you're wasting. It's also the time. Absolutely. And and your energy being there. I know. Look, the last year has been wacky because of COVID, right? Yeah, so we're, sure. we're coming from a different place. But still, just I talk about this all the time, man. You re- What do you want and what are you willing to give up for it? Yeah, because you can't be, you know, now I've done a better job in 2021 so far. And I know we're about three months and a week into it where Sunday's my Xbox day. I'm on Xbox, bro. Eight, nine hours, just call of duty, everything, you know, but that's my one day throughout the week. If I got 30 minutes before the gym, like, yo, hop on Kyle, let's play a little bit. Yeah, but I have that time and I've really done a better job of the weekends Unless there's an example, like if you weren't, since you're not from New York, yeah. if you were to be like, yo, man, I can record Saturday night, I'd be like, all right, bet. I'm not going to not take advantage of that since you're not here all the time. Yeah, We happened to link up on a weekday, which was dope because I still have my weekend free. Like I really prioritize my weekend being like, I need to step away. Absolutely. I, I, I live here, right? So I have a two bedroom and I've turned the studio into my roommate. Mm. I like to say that my show is my roommate. That's dope, man. And what I do is I keep the door closed. So when I'm chilling, it's not like I have to look at me creating yeah. and working. Yes. So it's a it's a happy balance of, all right, I'm going to keep the door closed. When I got to go in there, it's strictly for work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I try to be efficient with my time. How has you creating a studio? You said you're you're starting, you've been doing it for a year, correct? Yes. Year one was from home? Yeah, man. Basically. uh, And then how did that transition into what led to you wanting to get a studio? um, You know, I just like I said, um, you know, I didn't have, you know, the sufficient spacing to produce that experience that I had in my head as a vision. And, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't allotted the granted opportunity to live in like a great uh, big house, a spacious spot. So I had to say, you know, let me like kind of reach out and see what my options are and um you know we found a good spot and you know we've been able to kind of jazz it up the way we wanted it to in terms of like with art and and plants and stuff like that so that's the thing that i really uh loved about it it's like we kind of created a studio within a studio if that Mm, makes sense yeah yeah for sure it kind of gave you that uh especially for our guests it's like the first impression was like oh shit like this yes yes this is like this is like legit Thank you. And everybody had like great, and that's the thing. Uh, shout out to our, our studio designer, uh, Kenza. She's um, you know amazing at what she does. You know, she actually really um, was very articulate and creative with you know the the studio design and you know what I mean. It was it was unbelievable. The seating, the yeah, lighting, yeah, yeah it just yeah. really made everything kind of like stand out. And you know, everybody was always saying like, "Yo, fire setup, 
fire setup fire your shit setup. looks clean and bro then, and then that's the thing like i don't want the credit of like the spot looking that's not on me bro yeah. my job is to like get the host to understand like the con like you get what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, yeah. start your role that's the studio designer right there like we're a team that's all her mm. like you get what i'm saying of course absolutely so it's like um just understanding like those are the things that kind of enhance the experience of the podcast you know what i mean and once that was out of the way everything was like kind of free-flowing because that's like the hard part getting the leasing and you know everything kind of situated that's the hard part the easy part is like this yeah you know getting people to kind of understand like yo this is what we're we're building and you know i was very i wouldn't say surprised but you know you know sometimes where you try to get people to kind of like come to your show or you know kind of like collaborate and then they're not really gonna be straight up and like act like they want to be a part of it like i thought i was gonna have more of those like situations but people were really you know supporting and coming through well you know what happens right when you start getting when you get one guest it leads to getting another and another and then when you start getting bigger names then it's like oh shit you had this person in your studio then you know and it's funny man i always get asked about how i go about getting guests on my show and i'm like i kind of just ask like why are so why are people so prideful to like yeah just ask bro yeah. i think i think that's a generational thing to it be is honest. yes and also you know it's you have to give people an incentive right so i have a preset email bro i didn't send it to you because the way we connected was different from how i connect with other people mm-hmm. we have a mutual friend yeah so from there he vouched for me Absolutely. yeah you know what i mean so it's like it's different like that which is also great and that's fantastic and that's a great tool to have in your Absolutely. arsenal but, man, I have a preset email of every guest that's ever been on the show. People from ESPN, professional athletes, fighters, mm. the whole nine. So when I send an email out, it's an email that has all the stats and analytics of the show, the downloads to give people incentive. Like, yo, there's a studio. I'm, I'm on a network with Blue Wire. Like, yeah. there's, it's, it's a credible thing. You're not wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So I have this email. And then I update it with every name that comes on. Or I'll update the numbers, tweak it a little bit. Yeah. And then when someone reads it, it's like notable guests on the program. You're like, oh, it's not a waste of my time. Uh, and then now having a studio, you know, yeah. spoiler, people don't know that I live here. I just say it's my studio. Yeah. And then when they come, it's like, all right, I already got you here. Because once you walk in, you don't even you forget that like the kids actually live in here too. And that's too. the thing, right? I feel like, and that's it's crazy, man, because I feel like for especially like being the guy that's I don't know. I think that I'm like, you can learn from everybody. So I would never want to like turn down an opportunity because like a big name wasn't like in there. You know what I'm saying? But I understand how the social constructs of today has changed and it is more for clout and attention. So it's like people go where like the big names are. Um, You know, for me, I actually started at like genuine like friends that kind of been there, you know, and within that, those friends became business associates um mentors and ogs so that's what made it like really iconic it's like yo you used to be a really dope basketball player and i've watched you ascend into a creative media entrepreneur like you said you're gonna do this and you did it and for them i was like yo you motivated me to get on my business stuff because i seen how you were when you were managing nba players well it's it's funny that you mentioned the thing with the friends is because i've had countless examples where i'll have my buddies on yeah with no social media following and then i'll have like an athlete and my audience gives me the most feedback on like 
yo, I love the story of you robbing your boy Dylan on your trip to Toronto. Yeah. Like I stole $30 out of his wallet because I wanted to pay for this girl to come back to, to hang out. Yeah. And then the next, like we shared the story on there. He's like, yo, we love that because there's a there's a sense of chemistry. I gave him back the money too. I don't want to yeah. pay myself out to be a jerk. Yeah. But uh, there's a sense of camaraderie and a chemistry that you can't duplicate with someone that you just met, bro. Absolutely. It's very rare. Yep. And again, it goes back to like why I think us two are flowing right now is because we have someone that's a mutual friend. And we've also talked the last couple of months, like through yeah, DMs and whatnot. Sure. And we're in the same field too. So, and, and what you said is very important, man, because a lot of people don't. I love doing these conversations because I learn. And that's why I ask. I'm a mad curious person, bro. Yeah. Inquisitive is the yeah, word like, that I... Yo, where's that hat from? Where'd you get that shirt from? Where are yeah. your sneakers from? Like, yeah. how much you get those sneakers? I know some dude that could get them cheaper. Like, yeah, no, for I'm a, sure. I'm a curious person. And yep. asking questions, man. Remember growing up, that like, there's no such thing as a bad question. It's yeah, true. I mean, it's crazy because a lot of my teachers didn't used to say that. They used to kind of put the pressure on, like, do you have any questions? Like, waiting for you to, like mess up and that's like a whole nother conversation you know with like you know being a, a urban city kid you know in an inner city like with teachers that are underpaid and stuff like that but um you know i don't want to go off on a tangent but you know like you said right it's it's understanding that you know those questions that you ask will you know raise your awareness you know what i mean i i've you know learned so much from you just by watching your stuff you know what i mean and seeing the way you continue to put out content you know i i i've i've only knew you probably a couple months but it's just like i've learned so much from you you mm. know what i mean and like that just goes to show that if i can learn in that uh period of time what about everybody else that's kind of watching and you know so it's very important to continue to to stay inquisitive ask questions you know learn and don't be the guy that thinks you know everything yeah those who know everything is the person that know nothing that's like what my mentor used to tell me like don't always be like be humble. Don't think that you know everything. You know, you could always lose, uh, win an argument but lose a friend. Wow. You get what I'm saying? I love that. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like for me, being like a passionate person, I used to have so much uh, strong debates in other people's defenses. And, man, that really just kind of ruins a lot of, like, relationships. You know, you get, even in family, you know what I'm saying? You could have a lot of, like, perspectives and, you know, what you think – uh, rules that apply to you or how you carry yourself other people have different perspectives and i feel like there's a lot of disconnect with people and you know close friends and family because like you know i i always was like very passionate in, in what i was believing in mm -hmm. you know so it's very important man like you know we're 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 here on this you know world to continue to inform and kind of educate people you know what i mean but also being open like openness right. and receptive to other people's understanding you know what i mean yeah what is what is the feedback you get from close friends and family with everything that you're doing and have you ever had any issues i mean um you know immediate family i feel like they're seeing who i really am through this space like understanding like yo like this is who you really are in terms of what your life aspirations are you know what I mean? Using media, uh, you know, putting all your tools, being a good writer, um, you know, a good networker, you know what I mean? A guy that takes risks, just putting it all together. And, you know, I, I'll use my sister as an example. She was somebody that wasn't really, I wouldn't say supportive of what I was doing, but, you know, she understood that, like, 
for her to see tangible things was a way to understand like okay he's doing stuff so you know when I really leveled up with the podcast and uh, she's seen it she's like wow like he gets it you know we had that conversation and you know we kind of spoke about those things and had a real conversation and it just under she was just like like now I understand like what it is you're really trying to do you know what I mean so that meant everything to me because you know that's somebody that I you know hold at a high regard you know it's just like you having the utmost respect for your mother mm-hmm. and she always, she now is standing behind what you're doing like it's going to make you feel like a certain type of way you know what I mean and also that in the end I mean at least for me but getting the vibe from you I, I think I could speak for you on this one too you're also doing it for them too oh absolutely you know what I mean so absolutely it it sucks because at first they're not going to be on board with it. Yeah. There's a line in the Kid Cudi song I always reference, Ghost. He goes, I mm. hope they understand that I really understand that they don't understand. Mm. And this is still a new media, man. Yeah. It wasn't until, and I'll share this news with you after Off the Record because I haven't announced anything yet. But it wasn't until August will be six years that I've been creating. That's that's amazing, bro. Congratulations. So th- Thank you, man. Thank you. And we talk about like the early return on investment and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Dude, I didn't see a dime until four years in. Mm. And there used to be more people on the show too. And then everyone went their separate ways and I kind of took it over. But even so, we created a Patreon, which was the fans donating money for us for incentives and extra content and whatnot. And even then, there's five people on the show. So like it wasn't a sustainable like source of living. Absolutely. But we kind of was just reinvesting that money and oh, let's go to this town and shoot some content and go to this event or let's buy this new microphone or this new camera, whatever it might be. So man, I didn't really start making money until five years into it. Yeah. Think about that, man. Yeah, man. Like it's and that's the thing, I feel like um our generation, man, it's like like, you know, instant gratification. You know, you want to work out once and get abs. Right. You know what I'm saying? You want to work hard for a month and become a millionaire. You know, you want to just get everything now, you know, but you got to understand that there's something called a, pro- a process. And, you know, I've I've created my online media platform in 2016. My company has been running for two years. My podcast is officially one years old tomorrow. I haven't put in 10,000 hours yet. So what I think I deserve is not what's real because those are two different things. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about repetition. I'm not a master of what I've done. I haven't put in 10,000 hours yet. And that's the reality. So, you know, I can continually uh, strive and say I want uh, I want this and this, but understanding that the, the Jay-Zs of the worlds, the Rich Pauls of the worlds, they have been doing this for a sustained period of time. And that's why they can walk into UTM or UTA and say, I want 1.6. I could sign a merger with the NFL and say, we want this. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You know, one of my one of my heroes and and just and that's always that's another thing too that I definitely want to ask you, but like I love Joe Rogan. I love Bill Simmons. Those guys are in their mid fifties, bro. Like, think about Joe that. Rogan. They got twenty. Joe Rogan got twenty five years on me. Damn. So, you gotta put it in perspective, man. Like this, again, it's social media. It's that instant gratification, Absolutely. which is not a bad thing, right? Yeah. It's not a bad thing, but 
there's been there's been artists, there's been TikTokers, there's been influencers that yo, you remember Vine? Yep. Mad people from Vine were popping and then yeah. they just disappeared. And that's the thing though, it's like this is the era for like one hit wonders. Like all that like like delayed gratification, it's almost like a lost art. And you talk about the music business, like before you had to sell albums to go platinum. What you about have, what about mixtapes first, bro? Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, now yeah. it's like you have a song that goes platinum, and you're good. And it's like some other guys made up rules about streaming. One sixteen hundred uh, streams equals one album sales, and now you can be diamond. It, it's just a different like era, you know. So that just kind of goes to show like how far we have come from a society. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like for you, man. Like you, like you said, you gotta like understand. Like man, you gotta. You know, continue to grind and understand the process. And I feel like when you have a better understanding of uh, a to b to c process, it's 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 easier for you to kind of adapt. You know, dude, I I want to ask you something, and I always try to make an effort to not. Um, I like having uncomfortable conversations, and I also like having them with the right person. Like, I don't want to have my buddy Impy, who's another white dude, and us talk about black content creators, because, like, that wouldn't make sense, right? Yeah, I hear you. What is some pressures, what are some things that you have to deal with as a African-American in content creating? And the reason why I ask that is because I've heard stories about that. I've heard stories about their voices not being heard. I've mm-hmm. also had a friend of mine, Golden, who was on the podcast a couple of... It's been months now, Jesus. Yeah. But... She's a African-American chick who's in MMA covering the PFL. She's like, dude, first of all, every event I go to, they think I'm like dating one of the fighters. Like a black fighter comes out and they're like, oh, is that your boyfriend? Is that why you're in the front seat? She's like, nah, bitch, I'm credentialed. Like, fuck out of here. I'm I'm working. You know what I mean? So it's eye-opening when I hear these conversations. For me, I'm not going to say that I experience what you experience or might experience or what she does. Yeah. But also, I get looked at different because I'm not credentialed, right? Like, I dropped out of college, didn't do journalism, broadcasting, none of that stuff. At first, I thought it was going to be something that was going to hurt me. But now I wear, like, a badge of honor because there's nothing that those things could have taught me. Like, everything that I've learned, bro, has been on YouTube. YouTube University. I got a master's degree there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really think if you don't know how to do something, it's because you're being lazy, no matter what it is, especially nowadays. You know, I'll never forget, man. I was in a uh, uh, sociology class, and the orientation the professor has on his desk, he has yellow pages, a calculator, those old school, like, Apple computers. He got mad shit, like a ruler and all that. He goes, this is what I grew up with. You guys see this? We're like, yeah. And then he's like... This is what y'all got. And he pulled up an iPhone. He's like, you have all of this in your phone. So going back to why I even asked this question, I want to hear your experiences in that field. Am I wrong? Maybe you don't. And 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 that's a great question. Um, You know, it's it's, it's an amazing question. And I feel like it's preparation. Um, Next Friday, I'm actually going to be speaking on the Syracuse Sport and Business Conference on diversity and racial justice you know so it's let's just, go that's popular yeah, congrats yeah, yeah thank you man so it's it's good that you really highlighted uh that question i feel um there's a lot of importance of being a black creative in this space um 
mainly because I feel like um, our ethnic group is probably one of the ethnic groups that don't have an opportunity to have access to information and exposure to that information. And, you know, for those reasons, we have lower uh, literacy rates, um, inefficient or insufficient opportunities and, and, and all these other things with health and stuff like that. So I feel like for me being able to, to create content, my first, um, my first goal is to educate because I feel like education is a pathway to freedom in any way, shape, or form. So the more that we continue to educate our people, the easier it is for them to kind of understand why we are in these positions. You know, a lot of people are are, are watching, you know, podcasts and, and media in general. And I feel like for creatives that are minorities, it's, it's very important that we continue to educate through our, our um, you know, our platforms. You know, a lot of challenges that you, you have, uh, I'll be honest with you, is, you know, our own kind not supporting, you know, not standing behind us. You know, that's something that I kind of experience. You know what I mean? You talk about working in collaborative situations with uh, black creatives and, you know, they're not really honoring your work, you know, or not honoring your creativity. You know what I mean? And I feel like that comes from a, a generational thing of, you know, self-hate, uh, jealousy, deceitfulness, and all these other well, things. I was going to mention jealousy and envy because I feel as if that's something where... Now, are you are you being specific to maybe friends um, not really. Oh, you're talking about other influencers and people that yeah. you want to collab with. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm just kind of talking about, you know, just black creatives in general. You know, we thought we think about um, the Black Lives Matter campaign. I'm going to use that as an example. Uh, support black businesses, you know. But when you have a clothing line and, you know, I ask, okay, can I buy your clothing line? What's the first thing a black person will say? Let me get a discount. Do you get what I'm saying? I hear you. So it's like not supporting from a good place. I should determine if you get a discount if I'm the owner of the clothing line. Right. If you're going to go to a Greek restaurant, are you going to ask them for a discount on their food? Probably not. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's But like, it happens organically. You get what I'm saying? You, you know, it's funny. I went to Kiki on the River in Miami, mm. and we went for a bachelor party. First time we went, and there was a big Greek flag outside of there. And all my boys were like, yo, like as if I owned that. I was like, listen, yeah. if I owned that place, it'd be a, a lot better. Yeah. But we went over there and I asked uh, the, our waiter, I was like, hey, man, what's with the Greek flag? Like, what's up? He's like, oh, the, the guy that has this is Greek. I was like, oh, is he here? You know, just to introduce myself or whatever. Yeah. He's like, nah, he's not here. But one of the bartenders is Greek. So I went up to the bartender. I started speaking to him in Greek. I speak yeah. it fluently, read it, write that's it the whole nine. And then uh, he's like, yo, Greek dude in Miami. This is pretty yeah. cool. What are you here for? Yada, yada. Just having a normal conversation. And then he's like, what are you drinking? And I was like, oh, I have a, I'm having a uh, tequila on the rocks because I was feeling myself that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, nah, buddy, this is on me, man. And then we kind of took a shot too. Nice. But like, I didn't go there to exactly. get something for free. Exactly. I kind of just was that, like. I think that's just your intentions are pure. And that's why that. The you get rewarded for that, man. Exactly. When your intentions are pure. Exactly. And I feel like it, we got to start normalizing like black excellence, the black accountability. So holding. If I'm a black creative and you're a black creative, let's just say I'm going to support your podcast because that's what I have to do as a black creative. I'm going to collaborate with you because that's what we have to do to change the narrative. We have to support each other from a good place because that's what we have to do. We have to be leaders within our field and educate the black community. That's what we have to do. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I, I love the the guys over at Culture Hub. Have you ever heard of Culture Hub? No. Nah, I nah. reposted their stuff a little bit. CJ and Serge, they've been on the podcast too. Okay, that's what's uh, up. Two, two black dudes from New York. And man, they've, on their own, just like, you know, a lot of people don't do that, right? Like there's always, there's not many people that go out their way to connect you with someone yeah. without wanting something back in return. Transactional, man. Yes. You know, like they'll just hit me up like, yo, we just had so-and-so, one of our writers, they're like a big blog, but they, they allow the, the creator, like if you're a writer, a journalist, a videographer, whatever you are, you could create your own thing and you have a database that, you know, they have hundreds of thousands of users and they've been around for a little bit and they use their platform to give someone like you a, a rub sort of like a look right a okay. rub using the wrestling term yeah but they would get interviews with people and they just like randomly hit me up like yo man we had so and so one of our writers wrote about them did a piece i think it'd be good for you it's just like man i tell them all the time i'm like yo people don't do that yeah bro where does that come from, you think? Um, and, you know, like I said, for me, I, I use my, like, how I grew up. You know, I grew up with, um, you know, my family were really, you know, we came, to, they came to the country with nothing. We lived behind the, the poverty line. So it was like, we really didn't have nothing, but we had love, you know. And I feel like when you don't have anything, all you have left is to be a good person. You know what I mean? And that comes with, like, showing love always. You know what I've noticed, man? And this is totally just an observation that I've made through the years. Mm -hmm. The people that come from nothing are the ones that are the most genuine. Yeah. And I've heard um, that, not heard, but I've experienced things that, like, when your family's successful and you've been handed stuff down, it's a completely different animal. Yeah, I and I think that sometimes that's what burdens people and kids yeah. like our generation. Like I'm speaking on our generation, right? Like yeah, for sure. I know friends that were broke and are now successful, and then I have friends that like they had a Range Rover at 16 yeah. years old, right? Or yeah. every every three four months are on a vacation. Like every spring break, they're in Jamaica or yeah. Cancun or whatever with their family, and it's like. Man, their perspectives are so, so different. different. Yeah, because man. then what happens when you go out into the real world, yeah. it's like, man, mommy and daddy ain't going to save you all the time. My college roommate, Muhammad, uh, born and raised in the Bronx, black kid also. My other roommate, Jeff, from Haiti, black kid also from Long Island. Mm -hmm. Man, if I didn't live with them for a year, bro, I don't know if I'd be this aware of things. Yeah. And Mo told me something that has always stuck with me. He's like, yo... You got to live your life or get to a point where, like, God forbid something happens to your parents or whatever that source of income and comfort is. God forbid something happens, bro. You got to be ready. And if you could get to a point where that guardian of yours has you ready, man, whatever happens after that, at least they got you ready to that point. That's a fact. And that's always resonated with me. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, God forbid, you know, life is crazy, man. Tell me about it, bro. I started doing this last year in 2020. I would just hit up a couple of people like, yo, man, thinking about you. Hope you're doing well, right? And then it wasn't until like my buddy Sergio passed away in December where my whole outlook on life really changed. Yeah, like you really don't know, right? You got to live in, in the moment. That's yeah. what I really started doing. And it's true, man. You just don't know. And you have to be prepared for worst case scenario sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I think with, you know the where we're all the the current climate of the world now, man. It's like 
you know, you, the, the the people I thought were like invincible. You know, you you know when you grow up and there's like superheroes, you're like, yo, this guy can never like, like Kobe. Like I thought he would never die. Like you know, like Nipsey Hussle. Like like that was like one of the reasons why like I really wanted to attack like life. Like yo, okay, I come from nothing. That doesn't mean I can't be a a Grammy nominated or uh you know a self proclaimed like legend and, and, mm-hmm. and journalistic principles or something like that so like for those two people to really you know be taken away from that our world kind of just goes to show that like yo man it can happen to anybody you know what i mean and you got to understand that where we are now is you know it's what we say predetermined you know we were mm-hmm. this was this was written yeah like this conversation we're having was was written, you right. know what I'm saying? We're, we're supposed to be here. And, right. and I, I understand that, like, you know, you got to trust what, where you are where you are in life is, this is where you are for a reason, you know, and never, ever, like, question that. Like, like you know, I used to see myself in rooms with millionaires and corporate meetings and doing this stuff with Syracuse Business School. Like, I would, two years ago, I would say, like, how am I here? Like, how am I in this room? Like, those were, the, like, that's the first thing I used to say. But now it's like, this is where I belong. Mm. You know what I mean? I've served the world for how Pay many? your dues, bro. You, like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you belong here. You know, you're going to, you know, God willing, this is going to be like a leading podcast show in the Northeast one day. Bro, that's what you're, you, that's what you deserve. Yeah. You invested 10 years of like you get what I'm saying? Yeah, of so, course. You gotta. People don't pay dues. Man. Yeah, so I really understood. Like, yo, you gotta understand with the universe and with life, man. Like, you're 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 here for a reason, and you gotta always stay blessed. You know, I'm not saying be a crazy religious person, but like, just make sure spiritually you're in tune with the mm-hmm. world. You know what I mean? Yeah. You mentioned uh, Nipsey Hussle and Kobe. Is it safe to say those two guys were a big part of your who you are today? Yeah. Because Nipsey Hussle, man, you know, it was weird. Um, this weekend, actually, actually, so this is going out Monday, but this weekend coming up is Wale Mania. Wale Mania is a wrestling hip-hop collaboration between these guys, Emilio Sparks and Kaz, with Wale, the rapper. Okay. And Wale's a big wrestling fan, so he does oh, wow. like the opening party of WrestleMania weekend, which in the wrestling world is like the, their biggest event. And I went to that the year that Nipsey Hussle passed away. And this oh. was like three days before he died, bro. Damn. I knew nothing about Nipsey Hussle's music. I knew who Nipsey Hussle was because yeah. I'm a hip-hop fan. Yeah. But I didn't know anything about him. And then they played last time that I checked. And the place went fucking bananas. Yeah. Right? And then I'm like, yo, what the hell? And then I was talking to one of my buddies who was there with me. He's like, yo, you'll like this dude. Because mm-hmm. I don't listen to music much. People yeah. are like blown away by that. If you weren't... If you weren't rapping or making music prior to 2014, like, I probably don't know who you are. I listen yeah, to your music. For real. Um, and then Nipsey came along. And now, bro, I dare you to send me an interview of his that I haven't seen. Yeah. And that's that's the thing, right? It's, like It's the message. Yeah. He, um, yeah, man, he was very in tune with, like, himself. You know what I mean? And obviously, one thing I really respected was more of, like, the transition, you know, growing up in you know, Crenshaw and I've I've been in Crenshaw. Um, you know, I played in the Drew, which is in South Central LA. So I, I have a big understanding of like, you know, where he came from mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So to come out of those like neighborhoods and to be able to be alive at that age, that's like honorary. But to be able to invest in your community 
uh, empower your people, build a company with your family, and 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 inspire the world to do great things. Like like that that's just inspiration in its highest form. You know what I mean? And like when I when I listen to him, it's like you know, it's like a messenger telling you like yo like like things are gonna happen. You know, I always used to use TMC as like that was like my like my motto like you just got to keep running your own race mm-hmm. bro like don't don't quit on your own time like you know what i'm saying and like that's that's like the the motto i still live by like today like t- like the marathon will continue like you got to just keep keep trekking wh- whatever life is going to bring to you you got to just be ready you know and i'm probably in you know my my 15th kilometer 42k's in my marathon and mm. just got to keep running you know so nipsey hustle really was a you know, a big part of me, and, you know, it just sucks that I didn't formally get to meet him, you know, in, in, in life, because I felt like that would have been, like, an iconic thing for me, you know what I mean, but, you know, like I said, God had other plans for him, and, you know, his legacy will continue to inspire people like me to continue to do, or pick up where he left off in terms of, like, educating our people and stuff, so, yeah. All right, before we, we start to wrap up the show, let's do the Patreon roll call. Shout out to the members of the Patreon Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Corey Johnson Hoops, Mike Wozniak, and Ryan Pisner. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum to support the show. You'll be able to hear the six-pack with Hussein as well. Dude, you played AAU, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of similarities in the NBA right now with the AAU shit. Yeah, a lot of dudes being like, "Yo, me and Hussein are boys. Let's go link up in Chicago and play together." Yeah, how do you feel about how that's changed the NBA? Yeah, I mean, it it definitely, you know, like I said, the playing style is more free flowing, which I feel like as a as a fan that grew up in you know street ball and you know, um, just kind of open gym mentality. It's good to kind of kind of see, you know what I mean? It's is it good to kind of see? Like for for me as a like for me growing up like that and playing like that like playing AAU ball growing right. up I, I I love to see it because it brings back memories but I'm also a guy that loves to watch good basketball and I feel like because of the influx of like the running gun and a lot of threes it's you know it didn't really ruin the game but I just don't think it's as competitive because you're not getting to see a, a variety of different like playing styles like I used to love the fact that like in the early two thousands you know there's the sh- like the Lakers that were like dominant inside. They had the big inside with you, Shaq. You get yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And, and then, then you'd have like those Suns teams. Yeah. And then you can even have Philly with AI that's mm. more like grinded out Larry Brown offense, like perfection. And right. Like Indiana or like Boston, that was a good defensive team. Like you would o- always have like an MO for an, a different team. But Where now, now a lot of the teams are made up the same way. Yeah. Like shoot threes, running gun, one, f- one five pick and roll. We switch, we go one on one, late shot clock, Harden, like you know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it sucks, but you know, like I said, that's like the evolution of time. You know, it's like I don't want to have to sound like like I'm an OG by like t- saying stuff like this, but it's like I come from the era where you know, like the AAU era. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't as competitive, but it was like just like a like a run. Like it's like you going to play at the park right now. You're just trying to get a sweat. Mm. And I feel like that's like where the NBA is now. It's like yo, we're just trying to. I'm just trying to get buckets. Like I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to hoop. Like you know, I'm not saying it's not as com- it's not competitive, but it's not as competitive. I don't think so because like the whole super team stuff that wouldn't fly back in the '90s. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, you know what else I think has happened. 
the the three has become so so dominant. Bro, you could tell if a team's gonna win or lose a game in the first quarter. Yeah. Team comes out three of twelve from three, you're like they're gonna be in trouble, especially the other teams like six for eleven. Mm-hmm. Like if your three ball's not dropping, it's kinda quiet for you. Yeah. And now I was talking about this with my buddy Robbie on the last episode. Dude, how many step back threes do you see when the game is tied? Because everybody wants that Luka Clippers moment, right? Yeah. Luka hits that three. You get the bang, bang from Mike yeah, Breen and shit. It. Like that's that's, a, that's that's the new age, bro. Yeah. People want that social media moment. So when, when it's 120, 120, there's four seconds left, you get the ball at the top of the key. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to cross them over, drive to the cup, dish it out. No, you're not doing that. You're three, two, two step back. Up. Let me get it for the gram. Yeah, and you know, like I said, it it looks good. It's that's it's, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, you're gonna be the main segment. Yeah, you're gonna go viral. You'll get like fifty to hundred thousand Instagram followers. Like, that's the thing. We 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 spent a lot of time talking about social media. Yeah, that's the new age of the NBA, and I think it's people always say this, and I have a big issue with this because the NFL draft is coming up, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, yo, this guy, this guy is the next Mahomes. This guy's the next Rogers. Oh, wow. This guy is like the next Tom Brady, right?" You always hear these comparisons. It's like, nah, bro. Those guys are outliers. Mm-hmm. Like they were at first it was Mahomes was going to be the next so and so and then like Mahomes became the the template that, yeah. that you wanted, right? Like oh the next LeBron, the next Luka, like no no no, these guys are now their own. That's who you're trying to find. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think what happens is because of social media and because of how like the games have all changed across the board like even in the NFL now, bro, like quarterbacks throw for 4,500 yards like on a bad season or back in the day it was like yo you're winning MVP son like it's it's wild how the game has changed because offense is what sells right you ever watch a game with your friends and you might be super invested in an 88-90 game with four minutes left and they're like man this shit is ass bro that Mm -hmm. shit sucks I see it like one of my favorite games of recent memory it was the Seahawks played the Cardinals on like a Sunday night football game Mm -hmm. and bro it was like 10-7 but it was just like... Oh, that's, was that the overtime one? It, it, I, I'm pretty sure that game might have went to overtime. It was a Sunday night football game. Yeah. This is like four or five years ago. But it was like smash mouth, great defensive plays, mm-hmm. very calculated, moving down the field and whatnot, long drives. Like, I like that. But people want that Rams-Chiefs game where they scored 108 points. Yeah. You know, because it's the fantasy football, it's mm-hmm. the social media, the moments. So I think like... It's different because I didn't play AU, so I could see why you're more attached to it than I yeah, am. But, but I definitely love, uh, like, my favorite era of uh, basketball, um, like, watching was t- 2000s by far, like, the early, like, 2001 probably to, like, 2007 or eight. So you fuck with those Pistons teams, right? Lakers, Pistons. I love, like, like T-Mac and, like, v- yeah. Vince Carter, obviously. Like, right, right, right. Like, those, like, battles between Philly, like, that was probably one of the best, like, basketballs that I've witnessed. And I remember in my neighborhood, the power went off game, was it, game, yeah, game seven, when Carter missed the shot on the baseline. Yeah. So, I heard that on radio. Oof. So, it was, like, crazy. We're, like, everybody's outside. We have our ear to the radio. And they're, like, yo, he missed this, like, the shot, yo. But it's, like... That series, they traded Iverson 51, Carter 54, Iverson 50, Carter 48. Like, that was, like, a crazy time. You know what I mean? So, it's like the two, like the 2000 era for sure is, like, one of my favorites. What did what did VC mean to Toronto? 
You know what's wild, bro? I forget that he's like American. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause when because when I think when I think of Vince Carter, I'm like, oh, he's Canadian. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like this is another thing, man. You know, legends don't get their flowers, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, yeah. He's a guy that not only jerseys in the rafters, bro. Like, bro, he should have a championship ring, bro. Like, VC really popularized Canada basketball, the Air Canada Center. Toronto Raptors, like, bro, like, you don't get, like, a championship without Vince Carter, man. Like, you can't just make a documentary about it and, like... He's a part of history. Like, you get what I'm saying, Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, the things that he's brought to our city from, like, a culture standpoint, undeniable. Bro, man won the dunk off, bro, as a Toronto Raptor. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, like he, like, that's why I said he took us... To that level at that time in the 2000s think about think about the the meme the meme era now right like uh if you become a meme you become etched in history in a way yeah his it's over he's wearing toronto yeah exactly even like um losing to the sixers in that eastern conference semis the sixers ended up in the finals in the finals one possession yeah like you get what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. at that time ai was the mvp of the league Mm -hmm. Carter and AI were going back and forth. You get what I'm toe saying? Toe to toe with the MVP. They you get, end up going do to you the get finals. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah they so, were on the same level. So it's like, you see that and like what Iverson obviously meant to the game, man. Like that's why I said like in the 2000s, bro. Like, man, that's like definitely the best era to me in my humble mm. opinion of like to watch. And, you know, it just kind of brings back so much memories, bro. Yeah. What, uh, what, what teams, what do you like watching now? Is there any players that you like watching or teams? Yeah. So, um, I really been tuning in obviously on and off the court. Um, you know, I've been obviously studying Kevin Durant. Mm. I love, I love his game. Um, James Harden. I've been, let me ask you about Durant. Cause he was my favorite basketball player. Yeah. And, uh, me and Nick would always go back on who was a better offensive player, him and Melo mm. like back and forth. And then I started gravitating a lot towards Damian Lillard. Oh, Dame is probably too. my favorite player now in he's the league. Tough. And one of the reasons why I like Dame so much is because true underdog story, right? No college offers, 100%. goes to Weber State. I, I'm always a fan of the dude that comes from the small school. Because mm-hmm. you could be popping on Duke. You could be popping on UNC. That's in the NFL, fact. you could be popping at Bama and Michigan and Ohio State. But like... Oh, I really like this kid, Zach Wilson, coming out of BYU. Because, like, bro, you're going to be a top pick out of BYU. Like, that's yeah. crazy. You're not a traditional power, mm-hmm. you know? So, with Dame, and I love Dame's loyalty. Mm-hmm. I like Dame's game, obviously. Absolutely. So, what with Durant, do you feel like his legacy has been, I don't want to say tarnished, because in the end, like you said earlier, you said something really important, how people are only going to appreciate you when you're popping. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna remember really that he won those championships with Golden State because of what Golden State was. The t- the resume at the top is gonna say multiple time NBA champion. Yeah. Do you think that where is KD as far as how you think he is in the public eye? Yeah, his his his, his legacy. Um, and I'm saying this from a respectful space. Um, KD is going to go down and one one of the greatest NBA scorers of all time. Um, not only that, you know, the fact that he has high percentages, but he can give you everything at that size. We haven't never seen it before in, in, in the world of basketball. So definitely he will go about down as one of the greatest to ever do it. I do think that is his legacy will take a little bit of a dip because of, you know, the whole super team stuff. But 
in his defense, um, he was the MVP, which means that he was a significant con- con- contributor. Um, he actually outdueled LeBron James, which yeah. is arguably the greatest player of all time. So I think KD definitely will go down as one of the greatest. I have no issue with what happened with Golden State to this day. And, you know, like even at the time I said I don't have an issue with it. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. I have no issue with it. Man, that is just a great, great era of an organization. They struck gold on Draymond Green. Yeah. They struck gold on Clay. They struck gold on Curry. They had some injury luck, right? Like Curry, they make that contract with Steph. They pay him. I think he was like the sixth most expensive player on the team, even yeah. during those championship teams. Mm-hmm. Because remember, coming out of Davidson and even those yeah. early Steph years, Mon- he had those. Monte Ellis was ahead of him. That and also he had those ankle issues. Yeah, yep. So they strike gold by paying him basically sixth person salary. And then what happens? Oh, shit. We have a chance to get KD. KD gave Oklahoma City seven years. I never understood the outrage of LeBron when he left Cleveland. Because, bro, it's the only place in the world in sports where we have an issue with someone going to better themselves and better their career somewhere. Think about it. If you were to get a job opportunity and you had to move to L.A., no one's going to knock you for that. For sure. But if you are an NBA player and you get drafted by a team, so you have no say in where you're going to go, right? You have no say coming out of college now. Coming out of college, you have no say at all. Yeah. But then you you paid your dues, going back to that. You paid your dues. You gave a team seven, eight-plus years. They didn't do much for you. Now it's your chance to go and make a decision. Why do we got to hate you for that? Yeah, and I feel like um, a lot of people are just seeing it from the basketball standpoint. Uh, one thing that I've learned over the years is that a lot of these athletes uh, make great um, decisions based on business, mm. right? So KD going to, um, you know, the the Bay Area, it's like Silicon Valley, yeah. You know and saying? now he's all into the tech stuff. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. You might look at it like, oh, it's just basketball, but when, when I seen it from that space, it was a lot. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. And Makes then, sense now. Yeah, now he's in New York. Where the boardroom, thirty five mm-hmm. ventures, they got an office there. They're doing stuff in like film and, and production. LeBron is in LA, the home of Uninterrupted and Clutch and UTA and all these other Spring, and now he's making movies. Yeah, Spring Hill Entertainment and all these different uh ventricles that are associated with LeBron, right? So it's like, uh you gotta understand like as as a fan, just appreciate the sport. Uh don't be critical of like like how they eat and how they do things to enhance the lives of their families because that's not our job. Our job is to, you know, be avid supporters in that that space, which is the hardwood, the field, on the ice. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we gotta understand like like who they are in that space. KD, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant at the Barclays. Mm. Like y'all don't know Mr. Durant in the office. Like let's just treat him like Durant. You know what my favorite thing about Durant is? Um his social media. I like that he well, just the, bur- like, the burner accounts? No, nah, but now he don't even give a fuck. He just like just gets at people on so like I like that, bro. Yeah, K- KD is uh definitely one of the most he's another mystique, I think too. I think like Do you think that's why him and Kyrie get along? Cuz yeah, they're both kind of weird. I think a lot I, th- I think a lot of people <laughs> don't really like know like about KD, like mm. you know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna lie. I heard like some really like good stuff. Like he's like a he he's like a really like really really like good dude, man. Like I heard a lot of great things about K- KD. So I mean, and Kai too. Like I heard a lot of good things about Kyrie Irving as well. So it's like I just feel like in in media, man, they're always gonna 
have those like uh, preconceived you know perceptions of who you are and who they want you to be right that's why i think a lot of them are starting their own media companies Mm -hmm. because they control whatever narratives they want yeah and i think that's huge i think that media is the uh it's it's a powerful outlet that you can really influence like i said before um you know creating narratives for who you really are you know what i mean you can you can make movies and documentaries based on your imagination your your vision like what and, and and that's what i feel like a lot of people are doing in the the content creation space as as minority creatives dude this was a pleasure man yeah I'm glad we sure. finally got to do this the battery is about to run out yeah. and i have no other batteries because i got to go back to my parents crib this weekend to get batteries yeah and we still got to do the six pack but yeah it was a pleasure it was an honor yeah uh, i love picking your brain on a lot of stuff where you know we're we're on the same road but we're in different lanes yeah but we still have the same direction that we're going so i appreciate you coming in the floor is yours man tell people all the stuff you're working on everything that you gotta you know plug yeah. away yeah well first and foremost um shout out to the vetman um podcast and you know lamb for getting me on here and uh shout out to nick for kind of lining it up and stuff like that but um yeah just just keep doing what you're doing um i love i love always uh sharing information and and connecting and collaborating in spaces such as media and um you likewise know, bro yeah what what better place to do it but in the city right so um i could be reached at uh twin gq on uh, instagram or tgq inc real um, quick what's that about what's the twin gq thing well so that's my uh my marketing company is called tgq inc which is uh twin gq is a formally name um like a nickname that uh i was given and then um under that company, it's a it's a creative agency. So we have a division devoted to like film and production, nice uh, marketing and branding. So like partnerships and sponsorships, as well as uh, creative uh, media services such as like art design, graphic design, and other uh, services as well. So um, under that, we do um, produce the podcast Culture Conversation, which we did talk about. Where you could be reached on Instagram at Culture Conversation. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna continue to you know, create um, narratives uh, for minorities and continuing to push the culture forward while inspiring, educating, and informing the masses. I enjoy your content, man. Thank you. And once again, thanks for coming in. Thanks for the kind words and the conversation. And folks, I'll have everything in the description. Check them out, and we'll catch you guys next time. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.